Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's the Bucks at New Orleans. Tom Brady versus Drew Brees, part three, this time for the NFC Divisional Playoff game. The Saints have won five in a row over the Bucks. Are they in their heads or certainly under their skin? We're going to break it all down with Joey Knight of the Tampa Bay Times on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks, have you seen or tried to go by our friends at Breitling Boutique in International Plaza? Well, you need to. You know why? Because it's only one of 15 in the United States. That's how great this place is. You have to check out their beautiful Swiss timepieces. I mean, these watches are absolutely gorgeous. They've welcomed championship quarterbacks and Hall of Famers and championship boxers as clients. But guess what? They're going to treat you like a celebrity, too. They treat everyone that way. Now, listen, when you go in, you want to make sure you try on these watches because I'm sure you're going to walk out with one of them. They're that good. However, um, even just for trying one on, if you tell them that Rick Stroud and Steve sent you from Sports Day Tampa Bay, you're going to get a free $60 Breitling cap just for trying on one of these beautiful watches. But I got to tell you, you're going to, we're going to have both. You're going to get the cap and the watch most likely. Go see our friends at Breitling Boutique in International Plaza. My colleague, Joey Knight, joins us now. And, Joey, you know, let's go back to the first playoff game, really, in 13 years that the Bucks had played last Saturday night against the Washington football team. You and I were there. And, you know, the big surprise before the game, of course, was Alex Smith not being able to play. And a guy named Taylor Heineke shows up. Mm-hmm. And for all the world, uh, he gave them fits, and especially defensively. But this was supposed to be a much easier game, or so we thought. Maybe the Bucks defense thought that too. But overall, what, what did what did what did you learn from that first playoff performance? I learned how indispensable Devin White is at that inside linebacker spot. Just, mm-hmm. just not only just being the dynamo that he is, but kind of the quarterback of the unit, the spiritual leader. Uh, Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, told us Thursday, you know, hey, I thought we busted some plays in the second half. I think we let the quarterback get out of the pocket, and which was quite the understatement of the, <laughs> of the day. And I, I think Devin White in there would have had a lot to say about Taylor Heineke's mobility and some of those busted plays. Uh, Bruce Arians was very quick to compliment Kevin Minter, his replacement, who did who did play well. But Bruce Arians also said Kevin Minter is no Devin White when you talk about the speed and the energy Devin White brings. So can one guy make a difference? I, I think one guy can make a, a significant difference at, at this level and at that position. And I think we saw that Sunday night or, or last Saturday night. Something else I learned, Rick, is that Mike Evans just continues never to cease to amaze us just in terms of his resilience and his fortitude. You're talking 40 degree kickoff temperatures, which is not conducive to, to loosening sore ligaments. 
the guy had hyperextended his knee six days before, and he goes out there and he gets better as the game goes on. He had three targets, I think, in the first half, but then he had five catches in the second. He took a deep pass from Tom Brady, had to really kind of leap for it and came down on that hyperextended left knee, and that set up a, a Leonard Fournette touchdown. He finished with 119 receiving yards, which is a Bucks record for a playoff game. So those things are what I took away. Those are the kind of the two endearing images, just the way they were, the defense was let Taylor Heineke, you know, look like Kyler Murray out there. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of that was not having Devin White. And on the other side, just the, the ferocity and the fortitude of Mike Evans. Um, and, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see just how that how that knee responds going forward, you know, Sunday in New Orleans. Yeah, let's let's start. With, I mean, I wanted to add to that. I, I think that, you know, and you wrote about Mike Evans. It, it's pretty incredible that the guy's will actually exceeds his skill because his skill is going to get him in the ring of honor one day. And who knows, maybe in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I don't know how long Mike is going to play, but when you start talking about guys who did something that no one has done in NFL history, this game's been played for over 100 years. Um, it's pretty special. And for him to have the seven 1,000-yard seasons to start his career, then the very next play, hyperextending his knee. And you're right. Um, he's played hurt all year. And it's been a, a variety of things. You know, started out week one against the Saints with a hamstring. I had to watch him warm up and see if he was going to play in that one, and he did. And then they went to Chicago, and he had had a, a really bad ankle sprain, probably shouldn't have played, but did. So it, it takes a lot to get him off the field, but it's just not enough for him to be there as a decoy. I mean, he actually has to make plays, and he did. And I think, he, you know, he's a quick healer. He's very fortunate. He said the swelling went down, and, um, you know, it felt good, and Dr. Brady diagnosed it correctly right away and sent him to the TB12 on down the road and on Armenia. And, you know, uh, everything is good because everything comes back to Tom Brady. Um, as, as, far as, as far as Devin White goes, look, They've missed him for a couple weeks. It's just that when you're playing Detroit and the Atlanta Falcons, it's not as noticeable, right? Um, right. Kevin Minter stepped in, um, made made plays, uh, made a big play actually against Washington with the tip pass that was intercepted by Sean Murphy Bunting, um, maybe one of the bigger plays in the game at that point. And, and so he did his job. But I think, you know, as, as Bruce Arian said, you know, as good a job as he did, he's not Devin White. And frankly – to Bruce's point, he's one of Devin White is already one of the best players in the National Football League, particularly at the inside linebacker spot. I mean, he could have been and probably should have been a Pro Bowl player, if not an all pro this year. And, you know, we know some of that is political and there's only so many spots to go around. Him getting hurt maybe at the end of the year or, or being on the COVID list rather probably, you know, could have affected some of that. Um but the guy, you know, has 140 tackles and nine sacks and impacts the game at so many places. And I think when you talk about, you know, Taylor Heinke running around, White is the great eraser. When somebody messes up, it seems like he's there to to cover them, you know, with his speed, with his um, pursuit and all those things. And, you know, they simply didn't have that playmaking. So, um, you know, I'm with you. I mean, look, this is a football team – a football franchise that hasn't won a playoff game since 2002 when they won the Super Bowl. So this is a big step forward. And yet, and I wrote about this Tampa Bay Times last Sunday, 
to a person, um, whether you talk to Derek Brooks, Ron, well, Derek Brooks had a different opinion, but Rodney Barber, Booger McFarlane, or people around the league, or, or Bruce Arians himself, this will not be a successful season by any accounts as far as they're concerned with the Bucks, unless they win the Super Bowl. I mean, that I is a... I think that's crazy. Uh, We've talked about that, Rick. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's because you and I grew up in this area and we've seen some putrid football for the last half century. Yeah. And uh, again, you, you pointed it out. How many 11 win seasons has this franchise had? Four, five? Right, right. You know, so, you know, it's all a relative term. They are 11 and five. They have won a playoff game. And I know all they invested in and, and their goal was to, was to get to the Super Bowl. It's why they brought all these guys in, starting with TB12. We, we know what their aspiration is, but it's, it's kind of like a basketball team, say Kansas, that wins 28, 29 games, wins the, the Big 12 championship, wins the Big 12 tournament, and then maybe in the third round of the NCAA tournament, they stumble. Are you going to say they had a disappointing season? It was a bust? I, I, I don't think that way. I think this, you know, they, they've won a playoff game, 11-5, first playoff victory since the Super Bowl, as you, as you indicated. I just don't see that as a bad season. I think 2021, if they can keep the, the general nucleus intact, which it'll be difficult to do, but if they can keep most of the, the key components in, then you talk about the Super Bowl being your main aspiration in 2021. But I'm not going to sit here and say this season has been a bust or a disappointment. I just, I just disagree. I don't feel that. Yeah, and, and I think you know if you go back, and I know Tom is considerably older um, than Peyton Manning was when he went to the Denver Broncos. You know, Manning did not take his team out there to the Super Bowl right away, but he did go to two of them, and right. really he might have just been a passenger uh, when they actually won the title because the defense was so good. But he still instilled a lot of things that that, that franchise lacked, that it, that it needed. And I think that's what Brady is doing here. Although I can also appreciate the fact that, <laughs> come on now, how long do you expect him to play at this level? I mean, he, he fools us every every weekend thinking, you know, he you can't possibly beat time the way he has, and yet the arm looks strong. I actually think that playing in Tampa has helped him. I, I think he knows that. I think that's why he came south. I think the, the warm weather is a benefit. Um, you know, he's 66 degrees outside in December or January when he's preparing for a playoff game cannot hurt his body at all. Right. In fact, could only help it. So, you know, those those things seem to have worked out. And yet, um, we're right back where we thought we would kind of be. And I thought it was interesting, you know, listening to Drew Brees talk after uh, Sunday's game when they beat the Chicago Bears in anticipation of, Breeze versus Brady part three, he said, you know, when Breeze or when Brady came to Tampa Bay, there was almost an inevitability that we would see these guys again, whether we won the division or not. And here they are. And, you know, again, they don't play each other per se. They play the opposing defenses. Um, but it is a, it is a iconic matchup. One of which we, we will never probably see again because Drew Brees Looks as if he's going to retire. I don't think Tom Brady has those plans just yet. Maybe after next year, we'll see. Um, but this could be the last time these guys play. They played seven times, and and Breeze has the upper hand in that series. Um, but let's 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 be honest. I mean, the Bucks are not favored in this game. It's it's like a three three and a half point game. But beyond that, 
I mean, the Saints have beaten this franchise five in a row, four times in a row under Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles. Um, there is no momentum for the Bucks that they haven't created themselves, at least you know through winning five games in a row, mostly against, well, all against losing te- teams with losing records. And this is their this is their bully. This is the guy that takes your lunch money every single day. Um, right. Are you going to be able to stand up to him, even though you know you've got a, some new friends on your side, and he's taking their lunch money too? Um, and so, you know, I, I guess in a one game sort of playoff, they say you know it's a second season, and that is true. But I can't imagine that the Bucks, if you truly pin them down, or their coaches that they're a better football team than the New Orleans Saints because, frankly, the Saints have proven it over and over and over again. So what is it that, that would give the Bucks the kind of confidence they'll need without Alex Kapanel, their starting right guard, to think they can go into New Orleans, albeit with 3,000 fans, and, and pull the upset and make it to the championship game? You know, it, it so much reminds me of Tennessee and Florida in the 90s, Rick, and you you may have covered some of those games when it was Steve Spurrier against Philip Fulmer, and after Florida won three or four or five times in a row, they just had that swag. They had that cockiness yeah. about them, and there may have been a, a year or two in there where, where Tennessee was a little bit better across the board, but Florida went in there and said, each each year, saying, there's no way they can beat us. I I remember Fred Taylor vividly standing on the practice field at Florida Field saying, there's no way they're going to beat us. And that was, this was the year after Danny Werfel left. And they basically had a rookie quarterback going against Peyton Manning. And he was standing there saying, we're better. There is no way they're going to beat us. And they didn't. You know, Tennessee came down and lost again. And it kind of reminds me of that. So what, what can the Bucks do to counter that? It's just going to be awfully tough. You mentioned Alex Kappa, who has started 30 games at right guard you know, over the last two seasons and you're facing a a pass rush, a defensive front. That's one of the best in football. I believe new Orleans ranks among the top five or six in scoring defense. They allow fewer than 22 points a game. They had 45 sacks this year, which is in the top 10 in, in the NFL. And you're putting a de facto rookie there at right guard and Aaron Stinney, basically because that that's that's your only available option at this point. Aaron Stinney had a had a sparkling career at a Division 1A 1AA program at James Madison, but he's kind of bounced around between the Titans and the Bucks uh since he joined the league in 2018. He's he's played, you know, 8 or 10 games he's actually appeared in. He's had 32 snaps for the Bucks over the last two seasons including 30 this year. And now you're asking him to go go in there and, and line up against a, a defensive front like that. So we saw what happened last time, Rick, when when the Bucks were shorthanded on the offensive line against the Saints. Ali Marpet was unavailable uh, in that night game, and we all know what New Orleans came in here and did, you know, on, on November eighth. So you know. If, if I if I'm a Buccaneer and they've said all the right things this this week on the Zooms, you've heard them, Rick. You know we wouldn't go in there if we didn't think we could win. We're very confident. We're sure of ourselves, and they have the greatest quarterback of all time leading them. And you know whether they say, "Hey, we're, we're going to lean on Tom Brady's mojo," whether that forges confidence among the group, knowing they've got a guy back there who's red hot 
who's throwing the ball as, as well as he ever has, you know, or if they say, hey, we've got Antonio Brown now, and he's a much different Antonio Brown than the one that played the Saints November 8th, which was his first game as a Buccaneer. He's got it going on now. So I, 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 can, I can understand why the Bucs feel they're a different team. They're a little more confident. Antonio Brown's a different player. They've got the GOAT back there. They'll probably go in, you know, with a little bit of swag themselves, but it's still going to be an awfully tall order uh, Sunday night, Rick, I think just because of the deficiency along the offensive line. Yeah, and that offensive line, when you look at Brady and and throughout the year, you know, he had the 12 interceptions, but five of them came against the Saints, including a, a pick six. And and as much as, you know, you can blame the, the first game or, or, or earlier in the season, you know, the lack of continuity or, or familiarity with some of his receivers, and there was some of that, um, the reality is is that most of it was because of the pressure that he felt um, from a pass rush of, of the Saints. And, of course, the, the best place to pressure him or Drew Brees, guys that are on mobile, you know they're going to be – they want to crawl up in the pocket. If you've got edge rushers the way the Washington football team did, you know, you can push them around the arc as the Bucks did, and, and, and Tom Brady will step up and crawl up into the pocket and hurt you. But if you've got a guy like Sheldon Rankins coming coming through there, um, you know he has nowhere to go. He's a sitting duck. We saw that when Ted Larson had to come into the game the right. other night against Washington, and he was a saloon door. I mean, he gave up yeah. two sacks, you know, right away, uh, and suddenly Ted Larson, you know, who was who was active, and Aaron Stinney, who was inactive, um, right. switch you may switch roles. Although I think Larson may be there in case they have an injury at center. Um, but they're willing to go with a, a totally unproven guy. And I guess, you know, to play offensive line for the Bucks, you have to have gone to a very small school, unless you're Donovan <laughs> Smith, who went to Penn State, or Tristan Wirfs, who went to Iowa. All the other guys, you know, you, you got you need a map to find to find their schools. And James Madison, I asked Aaron Stinney, what's the biggest game you've ever played in? And he goes, well, the Natty. Yeah, the, the FBS Natty, I guess. Um, that would have been against Youngstown State. I don't know that Youngtown State is going to show up for him three or four years later uh, in the Mercedes Superdome on Sunday night, but um, they feel like Stinney is their best option. That championship game was 14,423 fans. There you go. Hey, that's 11,000 more than he'll hear in the the Dome, right? Exactly right. (laughs) Yeah, so he's used to the pressure. Um, But but look, this this is the best they can do, and and so – you know they're they're going to have to hope that he holds up and give him help obviously at the center position whether that's Jensen or somebody you know kind of shading his way much harder to chip on a defensive tackle it's not like you're trying to help you know uh, somebody the way Gronkowski you know helped out in in blocking last week Chase Young um right. but but that's the sort of thing you know you have to scheme it up and and hope that Brady holds up one thing you could do is not fall way behind. I mean, this this has to be sort of a uh, sort of a bloody knuckles type battle, and that's the thing about the Saints is that um, you know, in a, in addition to, to, and I've said this many times, but in addition to being in the Bucks' heads, they also get under their skin quite a bit. And you know, we've seen the battles with Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans, and, and Evans has been tossed from a game before. There was a Chicago Bears player who got tossed. Um, you know, from from Sunday's playoff game up there in New Orleans. And, and that's sort of who they are. Malcolm Jenkins talks a lot. There's going to be a lot of 
a lot of chippiness, and I think Bruce Arians has already sort of prime prime the referees to say you need to control this. Uh, you know, but the fact of the matter is, is that you know if, if you're gonna if you're gonna beat the bully, you better bring the fight to him, right? You better right. you better go after him, and that that brings me to Todd Bowles and this Bucks defense, which. You know, you mentioned, you know, they, they may not have been prepared for all that Tyler Heineke was going to bring them, um, but they better be prepared for Drew Brees and Michael Michael Thomas and, you know, Alvin Kamara. Uh, uh, these are, you know, elite players in, in this in this league. And I and I think the second time they played him, Joey, I, I thought that, that, you know, Bulls sort of laid off and, and played a lot of zone. And I watched the Bears do that at times. Um, of course you have to mix it up. You don't want to do the same thing. And, and Bowles likes to bring a lot of exotic blitzes and, and things if he can stop the run, which they have done, by the way. Alvin Kamara has not hurt them in two games. Um, I think the first week he had 17 yards on 15 carries or something like that and 60 yards. He's hurt them more as a receiver than he has a running back. Um, but I think they have to get in their faces and just sort of push them around and see what you can get away with and, and go for it. You know, attack – this Saints offense, Andrew Brees, who doesn't want to get hit any more than Tom Brady, probably less so because he's playing with recently fractured ribs, 11 of them. And, and I think that Bowles would, would probably do well to say, well, hell, you know, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down swinging. And that's kind of what I, I sense from the Bucks. I don't know their game plan, but I sense they feel like, you know, look, we, we got nothing to lose except everything, and, and why don't we at least – you know, bring the fight to him and, and see if we can knock him out. Devin White said that the other day. Yeah. He said it almost ver- verbatim. He said, yeah, I think the thing that will throw Drew Brees off is we've just got to be physical with the receivers and the tight ends and the running backs. Don't let them just yeah. play pitch catch. He said, right. I think, and I'm quoting verbatim, I think that will be the biggest it factor for us. If we come mm-hmm. out physical and we get our hands on those guys, I think we'll do a great job. That is a direct quote from Devin White. So yeah. he's got that mindset. I don't know if that is, has translated or transmitted to Todd Bowles, but it, if that's your kind of the spiritual leader and the quarterback of your defense saying that, you, you kind of sense that maybe you're going to see the Bucks go up, up there and be a little more aggressive Sunday, certainly more aggressive than they were, as you mentioned, on November 8th. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely think that that's going to have to be the approach. There are there are some Achilles heels right now with the Saints. One of them is their place kicker. Will Lutz is not on a good roll. Um, Ryan Suckup had his hiccup uh, a few weeks ago. Um, you know, in Detroit for whatever reason, didn't like kicking off artificial turf, which is weird inside a dome. But he seems to have have corrected that. You don't want Ryan to do what he did last week and have to kick a lot of a lot of field goals. You want him to just be knocking in extra points. Um, so there's that. And I, and I also think, you know, look, it, it's amazing that, um, you know, Breeze being out as long as he has and coming back, 
Um, Michael Thomas, those guys going into last week had only played a total of 12 quarters together all season long. Hmm. And so they're, they're not the efficient offense right now. Taysom right. Hill hasn't practiced all week as we do this podcast. We don't know. He's such a big part of their offense, a guy that can run it, throw it, catch it. Um, you know, really, really bothered them in the uh, in the last game when they got down thirty-one to nothing and then lost thirty-eight to three at Raymond James. So we don't know the health of the New Orleans football team. We do know the quarterback again is is a little bit fragile and and doesn't throw the ball down the field like he used to. So look, they scored twenty-one points against the Bears, and we saw that Bears defense. It's pretty good. They held the Bucks to nineteen. Okay, they couldn't play offense and dropped a touchdown on a flea flicker. But aside from that, they did a pretty good job. I didn't like they played a little too much zone at times. But I I think this is a this is a Saints team as as cocky as they are and as confident as they should be. I do think that that they have also their own sort of ghost sect to exercise. I mean, three years to the day as we do this podcast was the Minneapolis miracle. <laughs> I mean, oh, wow. you, you know, you, you go from that to the member of the no call on the pass interference penalty, which yep. changed NFL rules for a year, which was ridiculous, and then changed right. them back. So right. some really awful things, awful things, have happened over the last few years, or the New Orleans Saints could have won another Super Bowl or two. And so I wonder, Joey, if you get them, you know, if you if you do the rope a dope or the rocky thing and you drag him into the fifteenth round, how much pressure builds knowing that your iconic Hall of Fame quarterback might be watching the last sand go out of his hourglass? In other words, it's you know we talk about Super Bowl or bust. There's a fairly good expectation that that Brady's going to come back for twenty twenty one. That there's not that expectation in New Orleans. So you know. Hey, everybody has their pressure, right? Everybody has their pressure point. And I think the longer the Bucks keep it to a one-score game, whatever that means, um, you know, you, you could you could see you could see momentum shift away from the Saints and 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 see them feel a little bit because really, I mean, you can I hate when people say they got nothing to lose, right? I mean, cuz both teams have something to lose. They're going to lose the chance to go to a Super Bowl and for the Bucks you know, how many more years are you going to have Tom Brady to take you there, much right. less having the Super Bowl in your backyard? Um, but there is there is a little pressure on the Saints as well. No question. You, you bring up a great point about just how they've been snake bitten in the playoffs in recent years. So when you hit that pressure point, if you reach that pressure point Sunday, how did the Saints react? They could They could tense up or they could go the other way and say, you know, our leader, our 42-year-old warrior, we're not going to let him go out like this. Danged if we're going to let him go out like this. We're going mm-hmm. to rise up to this occasion, and we're going to lift him to the Super Bowl. So it, it just it, it all depends on, you know, if we get to that point Sunday night at around 9 o'clock, how the, uh, how the Saints respond to it mentally. But, you know, you, know, you, you raised some points that I wasn't aware of when you talk about the, the Minneapolis miracle and, and those things and the way they've just been so afflicted in recent postseasons, those things get in your head and they accumulate over time. And if you get in that situation again Sunday, certainly 
certainly, you know, that that's got to be creeping in the back of your head. But again, people respond to pressure in different ways. And I, I can very easily see see this team kind of rallying around Drew Brees and say, uh-uh, it ain't ending like this where we're carrying him to the finish line. We're, we're getting past this team. It, it's kind of a fascinating storyline if it gets to that point Sunday night. Yeah, it's actually, it's pretty interesting that, you know, in, in the, the longevity of Drew Brees with Sean Payton, uh, and I talked to the, to, we, we talked to Payton the other day, and he talked about how fast the time goes, right? They got together in 06, and to him, it feels like six, seven years. You look up, and it's really been, you know, more like 14. And, right. um, you know, they're still together. And, and look, so we know this, right? That, that Bill Belichick didn't have such a good year this year. Um, cause he didn't have a quarterback and he didn't have Tom Brady. And I'm not going to say that Bill Belichick didn't, you know, a hall of fame coach and maybe the best that ever lived, but it was a hell of a lot easier to do it when you had that guy at quarterback. And that's the same, the same is true. I think with Sean Payton, although the last two years when they didn't have Drew Brees, they managed to go five and zero with Teddy Bridgewater and three and one with Taysom Hill. So there's that, you know, um, you know, certainly Sean is a, is a great play caller and knows how to use all his players and and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that you know that the Saints um, will feel will feel that will feel a little pressure. But the, their advantage is 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 what Brady enjoyed all those years in New England, and that is continuity. And exactly. when, you, when we talk talk to Brady on Thursday, you know he has always said that continuity is the thing. Um, that that wins games because you know you've been through every situation with this coaching staff with these players many of them and this is still the first season with him and Byron Leftwich and until they're in it they you know this is every every situation that, that you can imagine in football is only going to come up for the first time uh, with Byron Leftwich this year and right. so you know how quickly they can all get through that um that's 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 where the advantage Brady had for years in New England. Breeze now has in this game. No, no question. It's a great point. Continuity. I mean, from the moment I got on this beat, Rick, a couple of months back, uh, I remember Tom saying in his initial zooms that I heard all about continuity and complementary football. Those were kind of his mantras, and he had that continuity. He had that distinct glaring advantage for years and years and years in new England. And now he comes in with an offensive coordinator who's two years younger than him. And the tables you, you indicated are completely turned. Now it's drew Brees and Sean Payton with a continuity with a, just a humongous advantage over, uh, over Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich. And it's interesting, you know, we talked to Byron Thursday and he said, you know, I, Tom and I get along great. And I think it's because we're close to the same age. We grew up in the same era. So we're on the, you know, the same wavelength in that regard. And it's just been a great relationship. And it very well may be. I have no reason to think that it's not. But just in terms of the experiences and the clairvoyance and knowing what Tom wants to run and when and vice versa, they just haven't had time to establish that the way you know, Sean Payton and, and Drew Brees have, have had a decade and a half to do it. So I think that could be another huge intangible Sunday night. It's a great point. Brady and Belichick had that for years, and now Brady doesn't have it. 
going into the, the second round of the playoffs. He's at the disadvantage. And yet I think he's done a better job of getting in sync and, and, and left, which has done a better job of making some adjustments, particularly after the bye week. And we've seen it, some yeah. pre-snap motion, a lot more play action, a little more commitment to the running game. And, you know, if Ronald Jones is able to play, I think that's an enormous advantage because even though Leonard Fournette, you know, played his best game uh, maybe as a buck, arguably, rushing and receiving against Washington, I still think Jones kind of makes you hold your breath if you're a defense, if he gets to the second level because of his speed and, right. and his power. Um, so I, I think that that would be huge if, if he's healthy and can, can run hard. Um, but you've seen – You've seen some some more, um, you know, collaboration in, in some of the things that Brady needs. And when Brady is clean, he's had the best five-game streak of his career, Joey. I mean, think about that. I mean, you can't find five games where this guy has played any better. Um, and, and, again, against some tomato cans, granted. Um, but, it, but it still is him feeling comfortable with what's around him, particularly the receivers. And one of those receivers – for whatever reason, even though he played all of one game in in New England, um, Tom Brady has been both you know on and off the field, uh, you know, simpatico with Antonio Brown. And, and ironically, it was Brown's first game when the Bucks last played the Saints in November, uh, and they targeted him a bunch of times. I think he had only three catches for like forty yards or something like that. It was virtually a non-factor. And, and for a lot of weeks, we kind of blamed or contributed some of the Bucks' stumbles as they got to 7-5 and five at one point on the fact that, you know what, Antonio Brown, you were adding more problems, less continuity, taking away reps from Scotty Miller, all these things. And now, now over these last three, four weeks, you've seen Antonio Brown not just come alive, but sort of be the Antonio Brown that he was for the Pittsburgh Steelers this time of year. And so I'm wondering – you know, with now three receivers running high efficiency like that, and Browns giving them that that sort of quick twitch suddenness um, that if Tom needs to get the ball out of his hands, he can catch it even behind the line of scrimmage and do something. I wonder if that's not their big advantage this time around against the Saints. I think it is. I think it's a huge advantage. Antonio Brown, as fast as he is looks like he has played faster the last month. And that's simply because he's able to go out there and play without thinking. I'm convinced of that. He has he has learned and assimilated himself into the system to the point where he feels comfortable and he can play faster. And another point, Rick, when you've got another weapon who's on point like that with Antonio Brown, and you've got a very capable tandem at tight end with Rob Gronkowski and Cam Brait, now you can do what Gronk did last week. You can just have Gronk be primarily a blocker, uh, you know, an H-back or whatever he's got to be. Uh, Joe Haig is very capable as kind of that extra blocking tight end, as we've seen. So you can max protect if, if necessary, and it may very well be necessary Sunday. And you can do that because you've still got weapons out there. You've got Cameron Brait. You've got Antonio Brown, the the sleekest, speediest version of Antonio Brown. You've got Mike Evans, who, who by all indications still looks good to go. You've got Chris Godwin, who's a little dinged up, but he's still very good. And I don't see him dropping four passes the way he did against Washington. I think that was an aberration. 
and you've got Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson. So, you know, you're right. Uh, a couple of months ago, we were saying, why are they, why are they adding Antonio Brown? Why this, why are they trying to get richer where, where they're already rich? And now we're seeing why. And I think it's specifically for this stretch run to be able to do the things that they've got to do. I, I would not be shocked at all if Rob, Rob Gronkowski had only two or three touches in this game and he played a very similar role to the one he played against Washington blocking, protecting Tom Brady, and just letting those other guys flourish. I could I could very easily see that. Well, he's a very unselfish guy, and I think that buy-in um, from all those guys, and it took Leonard Fournette pretty much the whole season to understand it, um, but he found himself in a, in a you know ultimate role in May again on Sunday. Even though he wasn't the lead tailback, he realized that he's here for a reason, and the reason is – to play your ass off and help the team win. And that's what Rob Gronkowski, as great as he is, a guy that's going to get a gold jacket and has as many touchdown passes with Tom Brady as as Jerry Rice had with Joe Montana in the playoffs, which is incredible, um, <laughs> was willing to play 55 snaps and only have one target. And, you know, if everybody on that football team looks at those guys and takes that lead, um, that's, the sort of, that's the sort of selflessness that, that good football teams uh, really have. I'd ask you for a prediction. I'm not really sure whether I should do that or not, but uh, I don't know. I I go back and forth on this one, Joey, and I'm I, I, I'm just really bad at these things. So I, I, if I were if I were really good, you know, I wouldn't cover the team. I'd be gambling against them. But um, I I just think that this feels to me like you know the Bucks aren't quite there. Okay, right. like they're they're not quite the team that that the New Orleans Saints are yet. And maybe next year they will be. The Saints will have a whole new problem with Drew Brees gone. And yet, I think it's going to be a close game. And I think that I give the Bucks a puncher's chance because I'll tell you, they got the greatest postseason quarterback of all time. And I have learned, if, if I've learned anything this year, it's what they knew in New England all those years. You can't bet against Tom Brady in any situation. Um, and I think this is one of those situations where, you know what, he's the greatest of all time. And even though they've lost two games um, this season to the Saints and five in the last, you know, five, um, it's really only about what happens three hours on Sunday. It, no, nothing else really matters, you know. Um, they're not going to have a cumulative score. So everybody starts at 0-0. Uh, the, the winner is obviously going to be in the NFC Championship game. Hell, the Bucks may actually host the championship game if the Rams are right. able to go up to Green Bay and win. Imagine yeah. what that would be like. Um, so there's a lot on the line and it's, it's been an incredible ride. We'll see if the bucks can keep it going. Um, but I don't know. You got any, any strong feelings one way or the other about this? I think the bucks are far, far, far better equipped to win this game than they were the first two meetings against the saints. I don't think there's any question about that for the reasons we've laid out on this podcast. If I'm a bucks fan, I'm just really concerned about the deficiency on that offensive line. Offensive line, um, absolutely. You know, I would almost, almost feel a little better if the deficiency was like on the edge because yes. you can compensate for you that. You can help. Rob, mm -hmm. Rob Gronkowski is like chipping or, you know, an yeah. extra tight end there. But yep. you've got the deficiency in the middle at guard. And it's, it's hard to provide an extra block or ask Ronald Jones to block a Sheldon Rankins who's coming in up the middle. So I, mm -hmm. I think that's going to be critical. I think the the Saints are going to play their butt off for their leader, 
knowing that, hey, if we, you know, this could very well be his last game. We're not going to let it end like this. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just, I sense the Saints getting out of there Um, just, just for, for, for their leader and just for their swag. They know they can do it. And I think they're going to be driven and motivated to, to, to do it again Sunday. But I, like you, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a, a highly entertaining game. And I think the Bucks will have their best chance of the three meetings. I think they're, they're best equipped right now to beat the Saints with this, the team that they have right now. And if the Bucks pull this off, Aaron Stinney will have a bigger game to remember than the one against Youngstown State when he won the national right. championship. <laughs> I assure you, this will be, this will be number one uh, for his football career. All right. Uh, thanks, Joey. We will, uh, we will be talking again, I'm sure, uh, after the Bucks uh, play the Saints on Sunday night. And um, I don't know, man. It's uh, We'll either have one more game to cover or we'll be doing a post-mortem on Monday. We'll see what it is, man. We'll see what happens, man. My thanks to Joey Knight. Uh, folks, remember to go see our friends at Breitling Boutique in International Plaza. Look, it's only one of 15 in the entire United States, and we're lucky enough to have one right here in our backyard. And why do you want to go? Well, because you've never seen these Breitling watches. These Swiss timepieces are absolutely gorgeous, and uh, I promise you, you're going to walk out with one, okay? But even uh, understanding the fact that, I mean, you're talking about Hall of Fame quarterbacks and boxers and, you know, all kinds of celebrities that wear these things, and you're going to want to wear one too. But even if you go, they're going to treat you like a celebrity. They're going to treat you like you're an important person because you are. And just for trying on a watch, even if you decide not to buy one, you're going to get a free $60 Breitling cap just for going in. Go see our friends at Breitling Boutique. They're in International Plaza in Tampa. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. 